Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Coffee Cream and Convo. Hey now. Yo, I got this song stuck in my head. Which one? <laughs> so first of all, I want to explain. I was listening to your latest episode of Come to Think of It. Ah, uh, that's what I like to hear. Yes. Legalization. Yes. And it's so good. But it, <laughs> I got this song in my head. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard this Richie Spice song, Marijuana Upon the Corner. I have. Yes. So from the time I started listening, this is what I had playing in my head. <laughs> and it won't stop. That's good. At least uh, we link you to something that you enjoy. Oh, you know, I always listen. I'm a diehard fan. Of course I do. Number one supporter. You really are. You do a lot. I, I try. I, I does what I can. But um, I was listening to it. And I just kept hearing the song playing. Not not your background music, mind Right. You, just my own background music while you and Samad were talking. And uh, I, I, I can't get it out. I listened to it while I was in the shower. I listened to it while we were getting ready to, for this episode. And it's playing still. Well, there you are. Come to think of it is responsible for addictive <laughs> behavior. <laughs> <laughs> you guys should definitely check the episode out. It's pretty good. Yeah, please do. You'll find us on Spotify or... Pretty much anywhere else except Apple. Screw Apple. <laughs> no, I tried getting onto Apple and uh, I gave up. Yeah, so, come to think of it, tried to. And Apple's not for us. Yeah, right. Well, anyway, moving forward. Uh, what are we talking about today? Today we got true crime. Yeah. Who doesn't like a little true crime, right? Uh, us. I know I do. <laughs> I feel like that was like the first thing. Or not that I can't say it's the first thing, but that was one of the first things that we bonded over that we mutually enjoyed yeah those true crime podcasts really came in handy in the y pandemic yes you put me on to crime junkie crime junkie yes you guys should go check that out it's a wonderful show it's so great uh i've literally heard every episode there's nearly 200 <laughs> and we we have heard nearly every episode yes it's great them a lot of the podcast productions are really, really yeah good. yeah i remember the first one you put me on to was the um Oh, God, what is this guy's name? Scott, Scott Peterson. Peterson. Mm -hmm. oh, That's the guy. That was the one. And you I'll were like, you. listen to this one. Mm -hmm. It might change your opinion on him. For real. And I was like, screw that guy. He did it. That's it. Whatever. That's how I felt, too, until I heard the episode. They definitely put some things out there that made me question it. I still think he did it or he was involved in some capacity. Right. He didn't they do make everything. A, they make a strong case yeah. for him not actually being there when it happened. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. Uh, I still don't like him, though. Very shady guy. Yeah, I didn't like him either. Um, I didn't like his face. <laughs> That's not a reason to not like some. Well, never mind. It, it is if you're a man. <laughs> <laughs> He's a shady character. Um, I remember uh, I had gone through this course where we were looking at uh, body language. Yeah. And one of the things they pointed out was the, you know, when people cry, they always, their nose always runs. And his didn't. And, um, you know, that, that's a thing. But I still don't think that uh, that's not that can't be the only marker of uh, or, or teller of what, you know, makes person guilty. Or yeah, people react or differently to loss and tragedy and accusation. And some people are better than others at holding their emotions in. Yeah. Now, some people just don't know how to feel certain things the way other people do. And that's true. So, but he's still a shady MFR. Yeah, no, no question about that. Well, so yeah, so definitely big crime junkie fan. Also, you know me, my dateline. Yeah, dateline <laughs> all the time. All the time. Um, 
pretty much everything on that ID channel is pretty handy. Yeah, I love it. I remember, and this is years of watching the ID channel, especially. And I remember when I finally, when I first came across the ID channel, I watched it for months. And my mom was like, what's wrong with you? Why are you watching that so much? <laughs> and then I watched something. I don't remember what, what it was that I had watched, but it scared the crap out of me. And I stopped watching it for a little while. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, got right back to it again and haven't stopped. It's years, years of this. So, you know, it, it's funny because I came across this article uh, and they were talking about something to the effect of people being addicted to true crime stuff okay i mean it um, makes sense uh, i don't know i can't say i'm addicted but i i definitely well, enjoy different levels of addiction yeah, okay <laughs> don't judge my life it's not like malt liquor addiction anyway um, i'm not addicted i just know what i like trash so <laughs> i like trash <laughs> i like wine you sure do all the time <laughs> oh did you mean the drink oh you're so rude <laughs> anyway so you know i was wondered though i did it made me think like why are people so into it is it like a guilty pleasure thing yeah um so some of the things you know maybe it's it's just like a, a mind stimulating thing like you know how we do that hunt a killer thing absolutely that definitely is so much fun it is it's which, very enjoyable. Which reminds you should check me, that out too. Which reminds me, we have six boxes sitting there. The we, whole do, we have a whole season. season. Just it, waiting. Yes. Um, so we came across, well, you came across the Hunter Killer, uh, I think at the beginning of the pandemic lockdown. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. I heard about it just before, but I mm -hmm. wasn't interested until after. Because, mm -hmm. you know, we we're going to be locked down a while. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it sounded like something to do. It takes a, a month to get a box. Mm -hmm. So each month, you get a new box. You work through it, however long it takes you. You got something to do for the pandemic. You got yeah. six months a season. Yeah. Um, it's definitely, I mean, it's something you can do by yourself, but I enjoyed doing it with you. Yeah. I remember I, I purchased it uh, specifically for you because mm -hmm. we had quarantined away from each other for mm -hmm. a few months. Mm -hmm. uh, but by the time you got to it, we ended up doing it together. Yeah. Uh, and, it, and it was definitely <laughs> fun and well worth the money. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think we did the first... By the first box, though, we already... <laughs> yeah, we knew. Yes. <laughs> we knew who did it, but we couldn't prove it. No. And that's the whole point. You uh, have to go through every box. You have to go real. through every box and rule out the suspects. But we, we had figured it out by We did. The first we figured box. it out, and then we doubted ourselves for yes. the next four boxes. <laughs> it's so much fun, guys. You definitely got to look for that. So, you know, definitely a uh, stimu uh, brain-stimulating thing. Um, it's also, you know... It's like a traffic accident. People like to watch horrible things. Absolutely. We're all voyeurs of something. <laughs> yeah. So that's probably a reason why people like it. And also, it's a safe way to explore dark topics. Yeah. You get that layer of uh, insulation between you and the actual crime. Yes. You're not responsible for the crime, for right. the cleanup, for the investigation. You're not responsible for the truth at all. You're not responsible for anything except for listening to what these folks tell you and see what they show you i'm sure there's plenty of people out there that are living vicariously through some of these i'm killers. sure you know whatever I mean, it's a good way and you know if you're trying to hone your skills <sighs> i am not advocating for any of this i am a fan of forensic files i'm just saying forensic files is good they really teach you how to get away with stuff by showing you how other people screw up and i think that's part of the problem though <laughs> i feel like people watch that stuff and like okay can't do that can't do this can't do that it's a little too much a, information. If you watch enough forensic files, 
you'll convince yourself to never, ever kill anybody because they're going to get you. Yeah, one way or the other. It's sheer luck that some of these folks go so long. <sighs> Awful. We'll, we'll get into that, though. Got a couple of stories I want to tell. Um, I was really hoping so. You know, I got, I got something. I got something for you. We'll, we'll get there. Uh, I also found that they say that women enjoy true crime more than men do. Um, I could see that. Yeah. I mean, y'all are really more expected to be murdered than we are most of the time. Yes, yeah, so we're more likely to be the victim. Maybe. Unless it's by the police. But as a woman, I feel like, you know, it's another way to be aware of what's out there and be able to protect ourselves. Absolutely. I'm all about preparedness. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, you should be. And if you're not, you should get into it. Um, especially as a woman, there's so many things out there just waiting to mess you up mm -hmm. like god we don't walk around fearing that we're going to be raped uh every corner we turn or every bathroom we walk into by ourselves so that's something that like a lot of guys take for granted right you know women walk around with this looming threat of rape and potentially murder around every corner i mean i don't walk around thinking oh my god i might get raped but i'm very aware of where i'm going who's around me and we talked about this in another episode yeah um, I'm very conscious of, of, of what's happening around me. So I, I go into a I bathroom. Like you need to be. Oh yeah. I go into a bathroom. I'm looking around to see who's in there, how many people in there, you know, what they look like. Just, mm -hmm. just, just be aware of what is, is happening. And I think that that's part of the reason why women like true crime, because they want to know the kinds of things, the kind of possibilities, you know, just what, whatever is out there looming. Um, it's definitely handy knowledge. Oh yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. So in terms of uh, some true crime cases, and we just talked about Scott Peterson. Yeah. Um, you know about Chris Watts? I do. It, it's kind of hard not to if you're in a true crime because yeah. the guy's everywhere right now. Yes. I mean, I, I first heard about it on Crime Junkie. So did I. But now Netflix has a documentary out about the whole oh. thing. And uh, obviously, because, you know, it's a, a documentary, they have a little more time than you can get in one episode of mm -hmm. a podcast. Uh, I still like the way Crime Junkie puts it together. I feel yeah. like I got all the information I needed from that, but it was nice to watch the, the doco too. The Crime Junkie episode hurt my heart because they started it off or they ended it with a song that one of his uh, daughters sang to him. You remember that? I do. Something about I Love My Dad. It was heart-wrenching. It was. So if anybody who doesn't know the story, Chris Watts is what is cons called a, considered a family annihilator. So he killed his wife and his two children and i forgot to mention that his wife was pregnant scumbag absolute scumbag um so in cases of family annihilators there's usually like a breakdown in the family relationship or issues with getting access to the children like in cases of divorce or whatever the, uh, you know something like that yeah um it could also be due to a financial hardship or a cultural honor killing which, I, I can see all of those things being true. Yes. Crime yeah. Junkie also did a story about a, a, an honor killing with this uh, Muslim man. I think he was Muslim and his his two daughters. And they were kind of stepping away from the traditions of, of their culture. Yeah. And the man, you know, murdered them. Got to murk them. Awful story. Pride and ego were powerful things. Awful. Um, they did a study in 2013. And out of 71 family murders, the perp was male in 59 of the cases that's crazy and 50 percent of those cases the men were between the ages of 30 and 40 
So we're out here 30, 40 years old just thinking about killing our whole family. Yep. Y'all remember that the you next time you want to go off not. on <laughs> <laughs> um, So they, they have a profile of the family annihilator, and it's usually a middle-aged man. Obviously, I said between the ages of 30 and 40. Yeah. A hardworking man. He's considered a loving husband and educated. Oh, I'm out. <sighs> First, I'm 41. Oh, Second, God. you know, highly educated. Stop it, <laughs> stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> i'm um, a self-made dummy <laughs> you are one of the most intelligent people i've ever been oh, with in my life it. cut it out um we talked about that before about, never mind and i can't tell this that story here anyway um <laughs> you know the story i was about to tell i can't tell it it's a good one though um also it's someone who may suffer from depression or have some psychological problems or is self-destructive which also makes a lot of sense that those i want to say symptoms lead to a lot of violent crime mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so crime junkie also went over family annihilators and they picked they pulled out two things that i thought was interesting mm-hmm. so they said they found in the cases that uh a lot of them were named chris wow yeah and also that the crime tends to occur in august that's crazy i don't know yeah. why that is i'm gonna just keep my distance from y'all y'all uh, every august so <laughs> From all Chris's. I, mean, I hate the heat anyhow. No, no, I can hang out with Chris. It's just, I don't want to be around his family because I don't want to get attached. Oh, God. You, know, you go over there on the 4th of July, you have a picnic, you all eat pigs and laugh at pigs and everything oh, else. Tommy. And then all of a sudden, August, you know, Linda's not there and the, the kids don't come by Linda. anymore. Linda. Yeah, listen, you know. Linda. <laughs> no, Linda. You listen, Linda. Oh, goodness. Trust me, Linda. Oh. So. Because I know you enjoy a good true crime story, I found two that I don't think you've ever heard that I really want to share with you. Now that should be good. Yeah. So you ready? Yes. Okay. So the first one is about a woman who I found. Her name is Susan Galvin. I do not know that name. Never heard. All right. So Susan Galvin was originally from Spokane, Washington. Hmm. At the time of her murder... In 1967, she was 20 years old, living in Seattle, Washington, and working at a police department as a records clerk. Okay. And she worked the night shift. Now, I want to say before I get into the story, I've heard a lot of true crime stories of cases that came out of Washington. Yeah, they have their own uh, serial killer out there in Spokane. All the time. There's always, always something going on out there. Anyway, so... Based on what I found, she was on her way to work when she was murdered. So she was scheduled. What a horrible time to be murked. Like, well, listen to this, because there's some weird stuff in here. So she was scheduled to work on July 10th, but she never showed up. Okay. She was reporting missing, reported missing, and she, they began searching for her on July 12th. Two days. Two days. Yeah. Because you know, that whole uh, 48 hour thing. Uh, Yeah. That's. That's trash. Yeah, it is. Most police departments make that up. There's no there's no actual law that says they have to wait. Yeah, but they say, they say that, you know, it's always that thing, well, you're an adult, and if you, you walk away, you're allowed to do so, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, that's laziness is what it is. That's wasting they don't, they time. Don't wanna, they, yeah, it's wasting time looking for someone who could be saved. Yes. And they're giving you the excuse that it would be a waste of time to look for them before that. Right. Well. Awful. It is awful. Um. So... Don't go missing. If you do, give somebody two days notice. Oh, goodness. Don't go missing in Washington either. <laughs> anyway. So, they start the search on the 12th. 
and on the 13th, they find her body in a parking garage elevator. And she was found by this attendant. Wow. So here's the thing. From what I got, she used to walk through this garage to get to a bus that she needed to get to work. But I find it weird that it took three days to find the body. Three days, three days. in an elevator. But here's the thing. The garage was closed. Like it was shut down for some time. Oh, so wow. It's weird. So she like trespassing in there? I have no idea. Wow. If it was closed, how'd she get through? How'd she get exactly. in there? I, I don't know. Or, or was she there when it closed? I didn't, I didn't, I don't know. I didn't see that in the, in the researching that I did. I didn't, I yeah. didn't see that. Um, we need you, Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> For real. Uh, Ashley's from Crime Junkie. Y'all, y'all get it if you listen. We need Ashley and her researchers because they For do real. some thorough investigation. Um, so either way, they found her. She was deceased. They said that she had been raped and strangled. Ugh. And uh, the police had, you know, they did their investigation and they found someone who was a professional clown. And immediately, my mind goes to John Wayne Gacy. Of course, the killer clown. Yes. Known to have killed, what, like 33 boys in the 70s? Yeah, about that. About it's, that. It's a scumbag all his own. So yeah. was it him? Well, John Wayne Gacy wasn't known for that. He was known for, for uh, violating boys. Yeah, but they thought the Night Stalker was a, <sighs> a solo killer, and then he ended up being two serial killers. The Night Stalker. Hmm. that's a guy he sure is something (laughs) (laughs) um well i I don't know and also i mean they have these ideas that these people kill certain people but who's to say that he didn't kill a a woman yeah i mean i imagine it's like a lot of things you you may specialize in one area but you know you can branch out from time to time maybe he practiced i mean he they said he started he was his murdering spree was in the 70s but who's to say he wasn't looking at other people in the 60s you, you never yeah, know exactly you never know but uh they couldn't they couldn't find anybody they couldn't pin it on anyone um it took 52 years 52 to solve her murder mur- mur- i can't even speak today murderation i have not had enough coffee <laughs> <laughs> it took 52 years to solve her murder and do you know how they did it no i'm curious though 52 they, years later it's got to be something good through ancestral dna no yep Wow. You know about that stuff? Yeah, yeah. That's where, uh, like, say you've gone to one of these 23andMe or Ancestry.com mm-hmm. joints and mm-hmm. had your DNA profiled. Yep. Uh, they can compare the the suspect or the killer's DNA to anything that'll match up in those files and try to find you by uh, figuring out who your family is. If you match someone who's had a test done, they can work through that family and see just who it is. I don't think a lot of people in know that. I don't think a lot of people know that their no. DNA is used for that. A lot of people don't realize mm-hmm. that as soon as you submit your DNA, uh, that company can sell it to anyone yes. for any reason yes. uh, up to and including the government. And the government can now get warrants for it. So if you're an um, outsider looking in, so to speak, mm-hmm. or an alleged criminal, mm-hmm. may- maybe don't see where your family comes from. Have your brother do it or something. Oh, gosh. Have you ever done uh, that? Even that's not good. That's Just don't not good do it, either. Man. Point people away. <laughs> They, they own your DNA. At least make it hard for them. If Don't they, do it yourself. If they do your brother, they'll find you and everybody else. That's true. So, have you, ha, speaking of that, have, have you done that? No. No, I refuse. I'd Nobody like, gets my DNA. Oh, jeez. I'd like to do it. I, I'm curious. All right. I'll support you on that because I care about you. But <gasps> I will not uh, propagate the lie. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> anyway. So, back to the story. 
Back to the story. So they were able to trace it back to a man named Frank Wypik. That's and, a name. Yeah, quite one. Uh, he died in 1987. And cool. uh, I think I don't, I don't remember who in, the, in his family they found. But either way, this guy, Frank, he had a history of larceny and a weapons offense, allegedly. Allegedly. Uh, he had gone to jail for nine months for the larceny charge. And interestingly, the records for the weapons incident are gone. Just vanished. Yeah, you know how that goes. Um, but uh, his family stated that he uh, was impersonating an officer. Ooh. And making traffic stops no. in a police uniform with an armed gun. Man. That now, must have been easy back then. That's a thing now. And I'm, we talked about this yesterday when we were on our way home. Do you remember we saw this guy got pulled over? Two cop yes. cars. And, and we got into that yesterday. I don't like that as a woman, as right. a black woman. I don't want to get pulled over by two cops. I don't trust these mofos. I don't want to get pulled over by one cop as a white male. Right. But um, I understand why they have to bring two people sometimes. I'm not here for it. You know? But uh, I think if they did your, did their job properly in the first place, it wouldn't be such a threat. Yeah. Even like the... I don't like that. I don't like the undercovers. Undercover vehicles. Yeah, that feels like it should be wrong. Uh-huh. You know, in this area, they pick, they pull you over with a pickup truck. Undercovers. Yeah. I don't like that crap. Yeah, nope. Not here for it. Um, but uh, Frank, though, I wonder, like, they, the family knows about what he was doing. Was anybody killed in this situation? Was it a robbery? Like, what What was yeah. that about? It'd be interesting to get to the bottom of that. Well, they, I, I didn't find anything about that. I didn't find any information there. But uh, based on this DNA, they know he did it. But they don't know why. I wonder if that's even the first or only person he murdered. That's what I wondered, too. This guy had to be pretty good to get away with it for all that time. 52 years. He kills this girl in this elevator, allegedly, because I, I don't allegedly. know how that happened. I don't know if, if she was killed somewhere else and put in the elevator. I don't right. know. I don't know how that whole thing played out. But um, I find it hard to believe that this would be the only person that he killed. Why yeah, kill if, her? If he was that good that he didn't get caught, probably was not the first or the last. Probably not. Probably not. And why her? Did she know him? Like, what What was that? Yeah, if they can't find a clear connection, it's it's very likely that this guy had stalked her somehow or just came across her and decided she was going to be the victim based on his past performances. Yeah, awful. Awful. So, there's that. The next story I have that for you. That was a good one. I like that. Thank you. I got one more, though. Um, right now, I'm really excited. <laughs> this one is about the Colthurst family. Okay. Uh, they died in 1982, September of 1982. Never heard of them either. So the Coulter's family had a fishing boat called the Investor. Huh. Um, it's Mark Coulthurst, his pregnant wife, Irene, their two children, Kimberly and John. Kimberly was five. John was four. Mm -hmm. And they had four deckhands, Chris Heyman, Keon, Moon, and Mike Stewart. Moon. That's weird. Moon. Yeah. Uh, all of who were 19. Wow. Yeah. So all eight of them. Somebody was in a 19 year old man. Uh, that's a different conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so all eight of them are on this fishing boat. And uh, Mark, he's a successful fisherman. I figured because he named the boat Investor. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of a tip to your ego hat there. Right. So a few hours before the murder, 
Mark and his family had gone to a restaurant to celebrate uh, Mark's birthday. So many murders start out that way. Celebrating a birthday when all of a sudden. Right. That's it. So <laughs> based on what I found, the whole family and the deckhands were shot with a 22 caliber pistol or rifle. And then the boat was set on fire. Dang, even Mark, the dad, even the dad. Wow. So someone, someone sees the ship, the boat, sorry. And uh, it's being steered by some random person. They describe this person as a 22 year old male who's pockmarked. Not, what's, oh what's yeah. Like a little, uh, it's like acne scarring. Uh, Sometimes you get it from, Doing a little too much of that cocaine. Ugh. Uh, it's basically just ugly dents in your face. Okay. Okay. I've, I've seen acne scars before. So the 22-year-old... 22? 22-year-old Myrtle <laughs> <laughs> I swear I'll have coffee next time we record. <laughs> it's a 22-year-old white male with pockmarks. So okay. there's this suspect. His name is John Peel. And John used to work for the Coulter's family. And he matched the description of this uh, 22-year-old pockmarked male. Not good for him. And the uh, case went to trial. They, He said he had fallen asleep when the murders occurred, but they don't have any proof. That he was asleep or that it's, he was there? Everything they had against him was just circumstantial. Ah. They believe the only reason why they thought that he did it was because he had a falling out with Mark. That makes sense. Yeah. I, mean, um, I hear a lot of cases where uh, stuff on a fishing boat goes bad and somebody falls overboard. Oh, I didn't mean like literal fall. I mean like... No, no, I know. Oh, but okay. I'm saying, like, uh, th- I, I'm not surprised that some guy had a beef with his crew captain and crew captain ends up murked. Yeah, you do hear, you hear that a lot. Um, So, you know, case goes to trial. It ends up with a hung jury. They had a retrial two years later and then he was found not guilty. Wow. He filed a wrongful prosecution suit for the legal fees and was rewarded $900,000. Damn, almost a mil. Mm-hmm. So the case is closed. That's it. They don't know who done it. They just stopped with that guy. They, and that's it. It seems like that was him. the only suspect in the case and only based on the fact that he had this falling out with Mark. Wow. But here's the thing. They think that the reason why this family was killed was because of drugs. Ah, that makes sense. People the fishing bo- boat, you know, yes. you're always in and out. You can leave yes. the country and come back sometimes yes. without even being noticed. So it seems like he traveled between Alaska and Washington. Wow. So I guess he was transport yeah, allegedly some... transporting drugs. You know that that uh that accounts for the Ford nineteen year old Ben. Right. You know, the deck hands. Right. You're going to need somebody young and tough. And you got, exactly. They probably know each other if they're, you know, exactly. in the little gang. You got to be able to trust them too. Right. Otherwise, you might end up dead on your boat. Well, that's, and, and that's what <sighs> happened. <laughs> but uh, there's no proof of that either. Okay. So I mean, there's no proof that it's a drug boat, even though people are, you know, that's, they're saying that's what it was. Yeah. There's no evidence of who actually killed these people, with the exception of that witness that said it could have been this guy, John Peel. John Peel matched the description of the person who they saw steering the boat after, um, you know, um, after the, the dinner party yeah. thing. Um, but they don't know. They don't so know basically, it. it was either this Peel guy and he walked or this was some real professionals who got this done yep. and left no trace. Yep. They don't know what kind of drugs they said. They didn't say anything. It, it, maybe it was cocaine. Maybe it was, uh, you know, a Columbia. I don't, I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, man. Who knows? 
So good money if you can get it, but I wouldn't suggest it. Yeah, uh, the cops don't get you. Sometimes the killers do. The, the killers? You mean the, the? Never mind. I don't mean the band from the '90s. They're not great. I mean, their music <laughs> might kill you a little bit, and make your stomach hurt, but I mean, not actual killers, as far as I know. Oh dear. Oh dear. Hey, you offer your stuff, I offer mine. Okay. I hear you. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not judging. I'm not judging. I mean, I might be judging a little bit, but I'm not judging. All right. Okay. <laughs> as long as you're not wearing the black robe and holding a wooden hammer. Shh. Stop telling my secrets. Tell so anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we cannot tell true crime stories without talking about some serial killers. And who doesn't like hearing about serial killers? I mean, who in the true crime world doesn't? If you don't listen to true crime, if you're not interested by true crime, just don't talk to me. Oh, goodness gracious. That's so rude. It is, but I'm a particular kind of man. <laughs> uh, you're something. You're definitely something. We're not going to talk about much, except for hood stuff. And if you're not ratchet, don't talk to me. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not ratchet, so how, not how'd ratchet. this happen? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Oh. There's oh. Things and stuff. We got a lot to talk about when we're done recording, uh, buddy. Uh, uh, ugh, I hate that. <laughs> ratchet. <laughs> so... Serial killers. Serial killers. Let's talk about my guy, Dr. No. Ooh, this guy Ugh. is creepy. <laughs> <laughs> so first of all, first of all, real quick, real quick. Dr. No, I first came across Dr. No again. Crime Junkie. Thank you, Crime Junkie. Yes. Ashley and Britt out there. Yeah. Shout out to y'all. So this was a night I listened to this episode and I, I think I was home alone that night. You weren't here. The kid wasn't here. It's just by myself doing a little quiet, doing my nails listen to this and the first minute i creeped me the f out yeah they got that audio where's my sleeping oh my gosh if y'all have ever seen the movie joyride it's a really similar preface oh uh, gosh you put me on on its on its face you showed me that that one part that was all i needed because i was still really creeped out by the dr no voice it was oh, quiet man. in the house. All that was playing was Crime Junkie. And the that clip that they had, it must have been like a minute clip, maybe even less, 30 seconds, whatever. Yeah. Of his voice over the CB radio. Over the CB radio. Go ahead, do it. I know you want to. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Where's my sleeping beauty? You don't even do any justice to it. It's so I it's, it's, it's horrible. It's horrible. He just sounds so creepy. And it creeped me the hell out. Come on. Ugh. I know you're out there. Awful. If you guys want to hear it, check out the Dr. No episode of Crime Junkie. You will not regret it. Even if you just listen to that couple minutes of audio. That's all you need to it, hear. Man. <laughs> It'll creep you out. I, I feel like, especially if you're a female, it's going to creep you it out. It creeped me out. It creeped me out. I feel like that's the creeper voice. Like, that's the voice men use when they're being creepy. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure you would know better than I would because you're creepy sometimes. I'm a creepy guy. Yeah, exactly. So... Speaking of creepy guys, tell everybody about Dr. No, your buddy. You see how she is? <laughs> <laughs> so this guy was a, an over-the-road driver. Yep. And they linked him to at least nine murders of uh, prostitutes and women he found at truck stops along Interstate 71 mm -hmm. between 1981 and 2004. Do you really think it's nine women? I think it's probably a lot more, and so do they. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, because he's got the perfect alibi. He's in and out of whatever town so many times. He's all over the country with every reason mm -hmm. to be. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes when it comes to cases of women that are prostitutes, you have these people that their family may not necessarily be looking for them. Absolutely. Uh, or, or be concerned about their whereabouts because of drugs or mm-hmm. what, whatever it no is. No one even knows to miss them. Yes. And so I believe that it's probably more than that. I agree. I, I think it's probably a lot more than that mm-hmm. because 81 to 2004, 23 years. Yes. That's a long time. Yes. And he only killed nine women, allegedly. I don't know. I don't, I don't believe that. Yeah, I don't buy that. Me neither. Tell you about another creeper. Israel freaking Keys. This guy. Yo. <laughs> Israel Keys is another guy that creeps me out. Um he's like the prototype out here. Yes. But he, he he's so creepy. And when you see pictures of him, he looks like your average Joe. I'm telling you, if you're gonna be a serial killer, this is this is your model. I'm not advocating for this either. Just want to put that out there. I mean, I'm not advocating, but I'm just educating. No, no, we're not educating in that way. If you're a serial killer, we appreciate you listening to. No, we don't that. appreciate that we shit do, at all. And you get should a life. download and follow. Go and get your life. to your other serial killer friends or anybody you're going to kill. You done? I'm, I'm finished. Now. Okay, thank you. Shout out. You done now? <laughs> <laughs> Weirdo. Um, Israel Keys went on a murder spree from 1996 to 2012. Whew. But, uh, like uh, Dr. No, he was only linked to 11 murders. Still kind of a lot. Don't believe that's just it, though. Nope. Here's the story, man. Here's why. So he was known to have murder kits that he would bury in random places and come back and dig it up when he was ready to kill. Again, preparedness. Yeah, so he would travel... Let's say he went to New York, then he went to New Jersey, he went to Pennsylvania, just different places and dropped these murder kits in different places and came back and used them whenever he needed to because he knew where they were. Um, he didn't have a specific type of person that he went after. You know how you wow. had John Wayne Gacy and he went after boys. Yeah, yeah. You had Mo- doc- most, most serial killers have a type. Right. Dr. No went after the prostitutes. Not Israel Keys, though. He would just literally kill people at random. Just random. Yes. So like I mentioned before, he had these murder kits and he would put them in different places throughout the country. And, you know, it it could have been anybody. It didn't matter who it was. It could have been Joe Schmo walking down the street and, you know, he didn't like his face. Or it could have been Karen and he didn't like her attitude because nobody likes Karen's attitude. Um, And he would just... Ask me for the manager one more time, Karen. (laughs) He would just take them out. I'm going to murder kit your ass. <laughs> not really. I'm not murdering any Karens out here. But if I was going to, it'd be like this. Because this guy, as much of a scumbag as he is, really had it together for what he wanted to do. He was prepared for it. And again, looked like your average Joe. You would never suspect that he was a serial killer. So this is not the guy you see in the club or the grocery store go, Ooh, something's wrong with not that Not him. Not at all. If you want to see, Google him. You'll see his picture. Average looking guy. Um, he was caught in 2012 after he bur- murdered a girl named Samantha Koenig, uh, who was working in a coffee shop in Anchorage, Alaska. Alaska. This, this is this, Alaska's key to this story. That's a reach. <laughs> Listen to this. So February 1st, 2012, he kills her. He takes her debit card and her other, you know, identification. Mm-hmm. He assaults her, kills her and leaves her body in a shed. Oof. Then your buddy goes on a two-week cruise with his family after murdering her. Yes. That's compartmentalization. He goes on a cruise. When he gets back, he retrieves her body, puts makeup on her face, 
sews her eyelids open, and takes a picture with a four-day-old newspaper, all in an effort to obtain a ransom. What? Yes. No wonder he got caught. That's a horrible plan. I mean, the thing is that people talked about the picture, and people actually believed that she was alive because he it looked very real yes i was trying to think of the right word for that it looked very real um which is awful that is awful so and that body had to stink look i'm not getting into all that stuff i mean i, I think there was uh some other stuff that went along with it that he did to preserve the body and this and the third but whatever. i mean it is alaska she was probably freezing so maybe not but same still yeah so you know he takes this picture tries to send it off tries to get this, ran this ransom he doesn't get it um he goes on a run with her debit card and who, who did he go after for the ransom? Did he contact her, her, her family. parents or something? Yeah, her family and her boyfriend. Man, yeah. The balls on this guy. Yeah, he wanted a ransom. And they believed that she was alive because of this disgusting picture. Of course. Um, so he goes on the run anyway with her debit card throughout the Southwest. So he goes from Atlanta, I'm sorry, Atlanta, Alaska to Southwest America and goes different places and withdraws money off her debit card. I wonder if he ended up in Spokane at any point. I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure. I, I don't doubt it. And um, he got caught that way. He was stabbing in different places, yeah. taking out money off the card. You know, the ATM has the the, the cameras and they take the pictures of him. I think he got pulled over on the highway. Oh. Um, and that's how they got. That's how they caught him. Man, these traffic stops really mm -hmm. yield a lot of wanted criminals sometimes. Mm -hmm. And when you hear how many of these guys get away at least temporarily because the traffic stop uh didn't pick them out right man I if was, only there was a better way there was another story i heard like that too uh I, I can't really remember it though too clearly so i don't want to tell it but um it was a, definitely one of those traffic stop situations and the cop looked at the guy and he was like oh you look like so and so but you know let him go yeah not my luck yeah that 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 happens a sometimes lot sometimes it's your luck that it, might be the only luck you ever have in this situation, it worked out for him. But again, they're only saying that it was 11, 11 people. But that's a really long time frame. It really is. For somebody who was that good at it? Yeah. I wonder what made him go for the ransom on that last one. I'm not sure. I he mean, must have been really panicking about something, needing money for something. You can't get in the mind of these people. I mean, but here's the thing, though. Maybe it was like a, a situation with his family. Maybe it that was something be. like that. Um, and it makes me wonder about these people. And their families, their significant others. Do they know? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, you can live with somebody your whole life mm -hmm. and not really know them. You know, like these these folks who uh, their parents were Nazi agitators back in the day. You yes. know, they worked at these uh, concentration camps. Mm -hmm. And these kids grow up, the, their wives live their whole life with this person, never having known that they were this person until the, right. the curtains pulled back and something happened. Right. Well, next week, Tommy and I will be talking about the wives and families of serial killers and hitmen. It's going to be a good one, folks. Stay tuned for next week's episode. Absolutely. See you guys then. Coffee Cream and Convo is hosted by Heidi Potter and Tommy Brown with music from Otis McDonald. Check us out on Instagram at Coffee Cream and Convo for more content. Coffee Cream and Convo is a Dead Savage production. <laughs>